Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Yo, what's up, fam? Good to see you in the room today. If you're joining us online, thanks for crashing a party. My name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, I got to tell you something that I saw in Walmart the other day. Classic, classic. Uh, There was a mom in front of me, and she had a two-year-old, maybe. And um, the two-year-old wanted some candy right there at the checkout. And the mother said no. Can you believe the audacity of that mom to tell that little sweet girl no on anything and she told her no and that little girl lost her mind uh it it officially moved to a scene in walmart and uh like this mom you could tell she was overwhelmed this little girl was trying to throw herself out of the buggy onto the candy like i don't know if she's just trying to wear mom down or what and so you know i i I felt sorry for her. Like I was standing in solidarity with her. I've been there. I got two girls that have tried to throw themselves out of the grocery cart at Walmart. And, and so I just told her, I said, ma'am, my name's Nathan. I'm a pastor in the area. And so if you want me to get that demon out of her, I will. <laughs> you just tell me and I'll take it out. Or I'll hold your spot in line and you can take her to the bathroom and spank her. Whichever one that you want to do, I am with you. I'm, I'm standing here with you. It doesn't take long uh, to realize, man, we, we hate being told no. I mean, tell a baby no, and they will lose their mind. They, they just don't understand. And uh, you tell a toddler no, uh, sometimes it gets a little bit better because when you get older, you begin to realize that no uh, sometimes means not yet, right? So, sometimes my, my youngest daughter, she'll finish her meal before everybody else does, and she jumps up, and Lydia's like, I want some ice cream. And so she starts walking over to the ice cream in the freezer, and, and I just tell her no like, let everybody else finish, and then we'll all eat ice cream. I'm not saying no to ice cream. Like, no, we're doing that. But, like, wait on us. Like, let everybody get their, their ice cream together. And so she knows it's not no, but, but no can sometimes mean, mean not yet. And so she can, she can wait on it. And, uh, man, even, like, as we get older, I'd love to tell you that as an adult, you're going to outgrow that. Uh, but honestly, there are some adults that you cannot tell them no. Like you tell them they can't do something or can't have something, and they are just like that little girl in the grocery cart. They're throwing themselves everywhere. Like they are pitching a fit, making you, making you feel bad. If you want everything and, and you are told no as a little kid and you pitch a fit, that we call you a spoiled brat. Uh, but if you do that as an adult, we call you a Karen, right? And that's the answer for that. Not, not everybody grows out of it, okay? Some people are just frustrated because they can't get everything that they want. And how you, how you respond uh, when the answer is, is less than what you desired for when you ask a question uh, says a lot about you. Well, Jesus uh, tells a, a story in Luke chapter 18 about, about prayer and how what happens when we ask something from God and he doesn't give us what we want. You ever prayed a prayer like that? Yeah, okay. if you've been a Christian for five minutes, you've prayed a prayer like that God didn't immediately give you the answer to. So how are you going to respond? And, and, and you've probably seen people pitch spiritual fits before. I've seen people walk away from God and I'll ask them like, hey, what, what, what used to be involved in a church, used to be on team Jesus and following him, like what happened? 
And they'll tell you, man, I was asking God for something. I was praying for something and God didn't give me what I wanted. And so like, I'm convinced that God doesn't love me or God doesn't care about me or God doesn't want me to be happy or, or, and, and here we are, like it's a, it's a, it's a kid, a spiritually immature person pitching a fit, picking up their toys and taking them home because God told them no. God didn't give them the answer that they were looking for in, in their prayers. And so Jesus is going to tell us about, about prayer in, in Luke chapter 18. If you have your Bibles, let's go to it. Uh, if you have your notes, uh, you can pull up the app. They're all there. And in Luke chapter 18, I, I love this about this particular parable because Jesus tells us, even before I tell you the story, let me tell you the point of the story. So you don't get confused. Sometimes Jesus will tell a story, and at the end of it, his, their disciples are like rubbing their head like, what? What was that about? What, what, was, what, what does that have story have to do with anything? Jesus tells us here in verse 1 of Luke chapter 18 what it's all about. He said, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Always pray. I'm getting ready to tell you boys a story, and I'm going to just tell you the punchline of it right now. Always pray and never give up. Keep on praying, persistence in your prayer. Uh, just encouraging them to continue to ask, continue to seek God, continue to be persistent. Now there's some good persistence in life, and then there are some bad persistence in life. So let me, let me clarify this. Fellas, if you broke up with your girlfriend, and um, she broke up with you, but you continue to call her, and text her, and show up to her house, and knock on her door, and say, please baby, take me back, um, that's not persistence, that's called stalking, right? And so take a step back, like she's not that into you. Uh, so I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about like a salesman. Like if you ever go into the mall and you walk into a store and as soon as you cross the line, the, the person that works in the store, they're, they're greeting you like, hey, sir, how you doing? Is there something I can help you with? Like, I, I like that shirt. You, do you like that color? We've got some colors over here. And like they're on you like butter on toast, like just on top of you. And, and you say that line, this is like the nice way of saying, like, give me my personal space. Like, I don't want to talk to you. You say, oh, I'm just looking, right? Is that I'm, just, I'm just browsing, knowing good and well you're going to buy something, but you just don't want them right on top of you. Not, not that type of persistence, like used car salesman persistence. Jesus says, when you come to God, I want you to be persistent in your prayer in, in this, that you are continually bringing your desires your hopes, your dreams, your wants, your needs, whatever is on your heart, you're constantly bringing those things to God uh, because you love him and you know that God loves you and that, that you know that, that God has the power to answer every one of your prayers however he wants to. Side note, um, did you know that God answers every one of your prayers? You have never prayed a prayer that God did not immediately answer. Now, it might not be the answer you wanted, but he answered it. So you can't say that God doesn't answer prayers. So if you've stopped praying because you're like, God never answered prayers. No, you probably stopped praying because God said no, and you might have thrown a fit. Here he is, here. Go to this side of the room. You guys are giving me the evil eye. Sometimes, man, that happens. Like we ask God, and we don't like what God says, and we stop praying. And we get mad at God and, and we walk away. Well, Jesus makes an observation here. If Jesus is telling us that we need to be persistent in our prayer life, here's the observation that he's making. God is not always going to say yes to your prayers. Because if God said yes every time you said a prayer, then you wouldn't have to keep asking him. And so in a real nice, tangible way, Jesus is saying, hey, heads up, every time you pray, you're not going to get what you want. 
Every time you pray, you might not get the answer you want. It might not not happen in the timeline that you want. And so Jesus says, I don't want you to give up. I want you to be persistent, though, in your your prayers because sometimes the answer is no. Here's the problem. We hate being told no. I mean, our whole lives we hate being told no. That's one of the things that kind of just sparks something in us that we get mad or upset or want to quit or want to want to walk away. And so Jesus tells us this parable so that we won't be the spiritual kid trying to throw ourselves out of the grocery cart if God, our loving Heavenly Father, ever looks at us and gives us an answer to our prayer other than an immediate yes. So Jesus said, let me, let me tell you this story. You don't always get what you want. That's what the great philosopher Mick Jagger said. You don't always get what you want. But sometimes you might just find you get what you need. Let's go to the Bible. Verse 1, <laughs> Jesus tells him, I'm going to tell you the story. Now, verse 2, he says this. There, there was a judge in a certain city, he said who neither feared God nor cared about people. What a terrible judge, right? He doesn't care about justice. He doesn't have, like, any respect for God. I mean, that's two things that when you think about a judge, like, that's the worst judge ever. You want somebody that that knows God, knows the difference between right and wrong, and has compassion for those that are seeking justice, those that have been wronged. That's the opposite of what this guy is. But in verse 3, it says, A widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. So this judge says, I, like when I get to the courtroom in the morning, Here's this woman saying, hey, judge, have you looked at my case yet? Have you done this yet? Have you looked at this yet? There was a wrong. Can you help me out? Can you do what's right? Can you, can you meet me? Like, judge, I need a ruling on it. I need a course. And the judge is like, stop, girl. Like, goes in there. When he gets out, guess who's waiting on by his car? It's the lady again. Hey, it's me, persistent widow. Did you get an opportunity to do the paperwork? Did you get it on the books? You know it's an injustice, right? I need somebody to help me. Are you going to help me? Are you going to help me? Guy gets in his car, drives home over and over and over again. This lady will not leave him alone. And finally, Jesus said, look, this judge could care less about this lady, does not care about her at all, and doesn't care about doing the right thing in the eyes of God. And you know what happens? She finally wears him down. Like she nags him bad. And he's like, girl, take it. Like take that, take everything you want. Like lose my number, never come here again. I never want to see your face. I never want to hear your terrible voice again. Like just leave me alone. Give her what she wants just so that she will shut up. Now if we're not careful, we'll read this text and we'll put ourselves and God into the situation. We'll say, all right, so this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying we need to be the widow, right? And we need to be praying um, just persistently. And the parable is saying that the judge is like God. And so what we need to do is just, let's just wear God down, right? If we pray enough, eventually he'll look at me and say, man, this woman is crazy. Like, just give her what she wants. Shut up. Don't talk to me. Don't pray for, like, give me 90 days where you do not pray. I do not want to hear your voice anymore. But this is not a parable about comparison. This is actually a parable of contrast. It's saying that even if a judge that hates God 
and doesn't care anything about the woman, if eventually that judge will say yes to your prayers, think about how much faster a God that actually loves you will answer if you will simply persist. It's not that God is like this judge that we can just wear him down over time. It's that when we pray, we got to understand God's not like a bad judge that's trying to avoid us. God is a perfect judge that knows justice and loves you and is fighting for you. And so if you knew that that's who God was, wouldn't you keep asking? Like, wouldn't you just be persistent in your prayers? Wouldn't, if, he, if you didn't get the answer that you wanted today, wouldn't you ask again tomorrow just because you know who you're talking to? Just because you know you have that that relationship with him? The very reason that Jesus tells us this parable, the idea is that we're going to imply that there'll be some times when you're praying and you won't get the answer that you want. It's not always going to be yes every single prayer that you, you pray. If it was, then Jesus wouldn't have to tell us, hang in there. Keep praying, keep coming to God, keep bringing your requests to to God. So the reason why he's teaching us this parable is just an understanding. You don't always get what you want when you want it. So here's the question I want to land on today. Why does God not give us everything we want? Why doesn't God say yes to all of our prayers? And I'm not talking about, like, God, I'm getting ready to scratch these numbers. I need all five of them to match. Like, please say yes, say yes, say yes. Have you ever prayed a prayer that was selfless? Like, for somebody else. Like, it's not going to help you at all. I mean, it's going to be beneficial for others. And, like, in all of your mind, you're searching, like, I can't figure out a reason why anybody would want to say no to this prayer. Like, why in the world? But yet you pray, and the answer is not Yes. In real talk, that can be discouraging. And when you pray over and over and you're believing in that and trusting in God and and God says no day after day, and for some reason the answer is not yes and he doesn't give you what your heart so yearns and desires for, here's our tendency to stop praying and to believe either God doesn't care or prayer doesn't work or God doesn't love me or like maybe God isn't even real and some of you may have thrown in the towel on praying not not because you don't know how to pray but because you prayed for something maybe even for a season and the answer day after day after day after day was no and God hasn't provided God hasn't opened up a door God hasn't made a way and it's starting to wear on you And in that moment, Jesus says, man, we need to continue to pray. We need to be persistent in prayer. So here's what I want to challenge you with today. What happens when we don't always get what we want when we want it? God answers every one of our prayers every time we pray it, but God gives us four different answers. And only one of them is yes. So I want to give you the three answers that God gives us when we pray to help wrap our minds around, all right, so why would God not give me what I'm asking for? And uh, man, hopefully these will be a challenge because once we know the why, I think you'll be able to understand why it's so important for us to pray every single day. Pray with persistency. Maybe today, for the first time, you're gonna pray again for that prayer that maybe you gave up on. Here's four things if you're jotting these down. I hope these are, these are helpful for you. Um, the four different answers that God gives us when we pray. Number one is this, um, when God's plan is better, then God's answer to your prayer will be no. When God's plan is better than your plan, and you're praying for your plan, 
then God has no problem looking at your prayers and saying no. God ever said no to one of your prayers? Be encouraged. That means he sees your plan and he sees his plan and he's like, no, this one's better. Like this, I've got a plan that's gonna be so much greater. And if it brings you any kind of encouragement, did you know that Jesus actually prayed prayers that God said no to? Now some of that, that's gonna scramble your theology. You're like, can that happen? Can he do that? Can he say no to himself? Go, go, go back to Matthew chapter 26. Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. He's getting ready to be arrested and crucified on the cross. Jesus knows exactly what's getting ready to happen. And he prays a, a very clear prayer. In, in Matthew 26, he says, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus looks up at God and says, if there's any way that we can do this where I don't have to die, that's the option I want. I, I want to, if I had crucifixion or something else, I'll, I'll choose something else. God, is there any way that, that your plan and your will would be done for me not to have to do this? And God's answer was no. Nope. And Jesus realized that he followed it right up with, but hey, but not, not my will. I know, God, you have a will. You have a plan. And your plan was to send your son to the earth to die on the cross so that humanity could be saved from their sins. That if we would just believe in Jesus, that our sins would be forgiven and we could have a relationship with God. And in that moment of prayer, that was what was at stake. And God looked at his own son and said, I have a better plan. I have a plan to save and redeem all of humanity. And so when God's plan is better than, than our plan, God will say no. And that's tough, man. That, that's tough. But what's interesting is, I don't know if you, have you ever prayed a prayer that God said no to, and you were torn up about it in a moment, and then later on, you look back, and you were like, all right, God, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Garth Brooks said, um, I thank God for unanswered prayers. He's a great philosopher as well. <laughs> I've seen people like that. Like, here's, a, here's a good exercise of like thankfulness. Um, get on Facebook and look up some of the girls or guys that you dated in high school and see what they look like today. Maybe they're doing that for you. And if oh, that's fine, you're welcome here. We love you. You look like, hey, man, that girl I was dating in high school, she's crazy. Like, praise God that you did not let me marry that girl. Man, that's why I'm so glad I'm not connected to her. Like, how bad would that, how bad would my life be? And God closed doors, and you were really frustrated at it at the moment, but then later you see the doors that he did open, and you're like, man, I'm so glad I didn't get that. I'm so glad I didn't take that job or hang out with that person or make that move or buy that thing or go in that direction because God's no at the time was because he had a better plan for your life. When you realize that God has a better plan, then receiving a no from God actually becomes a good thing. God says no, and you're like, Phew. Thank goodness you saved me from that. Man, thank you for saying no and closing that door because that would have wrecked my life. I just assumed that if you have something better, I want what's better. Number one, when God's plan is better, the answer is always no. Number two, when God's timing is better, the answer is always not now. Some of the things you may be praying for God wants to give you, uh, but it's not going to be right now. 
uh, I, I remember something that uh, somebody told me, I think it was my dad told me when I first uh, planted Revo, and uh, I, I said, Dad, what's, what's the advice, man? What, what, what advice do you give a young guy uh, like me going into the ministry? Uh, what can you give me? And he said, Nathan, one of the most dangerous things that could ever happen to you is if you experience success before your character's ready to handle it. He says, so man, you better hope that church doesn't grow too fast for you because you'll blow it. You won't know how to steward the opportunity. There might be a possibility that you're praying for God to open up doors for your life, praying for God to give you things and to bless you in ways, and God wants to do it, but he's waiting for your maturity to catch up with his blessing. Because he gave it to you right now, you'd blow it. It's the reason why like 99% of people that win the lottery are broke in 10 years because they don't know how to manage money. They got a blessing that their character wasn't able to sustain and so it ruined their life. So sometimes we pray prayers and God says, great request, I wanna do that, but not now. The timing is not right. Galatians 6 says this, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't get weary. Jesus says the doing good is the prayer. Don't get weary in praying because if you keep on praying, then the good will happen in my timing. So don't be discouraged. Don't give up on it. I know, look, we live in a drive through world, right? Have you noticed that, that recently? Like we want stuff on our timing so much that fast food restaurants are now building double drive throughs because nobody wants to go inside. Why? I, I, don't, I don't have enough time to park my car and walk across the parking lot and go in and stand in line. I'm not doing that. I gotta go through the drive through And so like twice as many people are running through the drive-thru because that's our world. We live in a drive-thru world. Here's the problem. We live in a drive-thru culture and we worship a crockpot God. And we're like, hey God, can you put that in the microwave? And he's like, yeah, that's not how I work. Have you eaten anything out of the microwave lately? Tastes terrible. Now crockpot, now you give me some time and you let that thing sit on the counter all day and it gets tender and it tastes good. Like I got that. But if you want it now, like what you're going to get now is going to be fast food. And, and we got to understand when God says not now, remember delay and denial are two different things, okay? Sometimes God says not now and we take that as no. That's not the same thing. So we got to trust in God's timing when God says yes, but not now. And understand that if we do not get weary in doing what is good and continue to ask God and continue to trust in his timing, then eventually he will give us his plan. He'll, he'll, he'll line it all up. So uh, if the answer is, is not now, then no, God's timing is better. I'm not ready for it. Or God, you've got something better for me. All of this will work out. I just got to learn how to trust you with it. Verse, or number three is this. When God's priorities are better, then the answer is going to be grow. Now, this is a gut punch right here. I hate when God tells me this. When God has more priorities that are better than yours, then God will look at you, and instead of saying yes, he'll say, Nathan, before I give that to you, I need for you to grow up. You're too immature for it. Like you're not ready for it. If you would grow up, in, in how you handle life and how you handle your emotions and how you, hey, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna have a relationship? Why don't you grow in, in leading your own life first? Hey man, you want more money? Why don't you grow in how you're handling the money that you currently have? 
Hey, you want more influence? You want to be a leader at the job? Why don't you evaluate how you're being faithful with the job that you have right now? Sometimes we ask God, and he's like, yeah, I'll give that to you once you grow up. Man, I hate to think that there are blessings that God has for me, and he's sitting there and looking and be like, all right, Nathan, whenever you stop being a baby about everything, I'll do it. Whenever you learn how to control your emotions, I'll do it. Whenever you learn how to handle yourself and, and care for others, then I'll do it. Whenever you grow out of your own self-centered, self-focused lifestyle, then I'll do it. And I just hate to think about what I could be missing out on because God is waiting on me to grow up. But sometimes that's what God does. One of my favorite character duos in the Bible is Mary and Martha, right? These sisters, Mary and Martha, they host Jesus at their house and Martha's in the kitchen. She's getting it done. She's cooking. Like she, this is Martha Stewart. That's where I think Martha Stewart got her name from Martha in the Bible. Like she wants everything right. Doilies, hors d'oeuvres, five course meal, perfect house. Mary is sitting in there at the feet of Jesus with the right priority. And Martha walks in to Jesus and is like, Jesus, you want to tell my little sister to come in here? Like she's sitting, she's not doing anything. You think this lunch is going to make itself? And Jesus looks at Martha and says, no, because your priorities are wrong. Mary chose the right thing to do right now. Sometimes Jesus looks at you and says, I've got bigger plans. I've got a bigger priority. Fast forward. Remember when Mary and Martha, they had a, a brother named Lazarus. Lazarus was very sick. So Martha sends this note to Jesus. He's like right in the next town, says, hey, Lazarus is really sick. He's getting ready to die. Like maybe in the next couple of days, we need you here ASAP. You know what Jesus does? He extends his work trip. He doesn't come back into town until Lazarus is already dead. And Martha meets Jesus. Woo! Martha meets Jesus on the road. Like Jesus is not even in town yet. And Martha is marching down the road to meet him. And here's what the Bible says, Martha says, if you would have been here earlier, then he wouldn't have died. And Jesus said, if he wouldn't have died, I wouldn't be able to raise him back from the dead. That's a paraphrase. He does that later, but he looks at, at, at Martha and says, I got a different priority in this story. I got a different plan that I'm trying to orchestrate. God wants to tell something greater with your brother's life than just me coming in and, and helping him before he dies. So sometimes God wants us to grow, to align our priorities with him before he says yes. And he'll tell us no. He'll say, great idea. I got a better plan. I got bigger priorities than you do. And I need for you to grow up some. I need for you to be spiritually mature before the answer is yes. Psalm 27, 14 says this, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Micah 7, 7, but as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. The Bible is full of verses telling us to wait. You wanna know why? Because we hate to wait. God has to constantly remind us of that. Hey, wait, keep waiting. God's got a timing. God's timing's perfect. You just got to trust, man. I know, just, just stay there, just watch, just wait, just focus. Just focus on God. Last thing, I love when I get this answer. Last thing is this, when God's plan and God's priorities and God's timing line up, then the answer is yes. Anytime God says yes to your prayers, it's an illustration that God's plan and God's priorities 
and God's timing are lining up with yours. And finally, God hears your prayers and he says, yep, it's the perfect time. It's the perfect answer. Yep, you're praying the right prayer at the right time for the right thing. The answer is yes. Jesus teaches this in in Matthew chapter 6. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first God's timing, God's will, God's plan, God's priority. You get on the same page with that and watch what happens. And all of the other things will be added unto you. Anything you ask for, yes. If it lines up, if you seek God first, you get on the same page with him first and pray in those areas. Here's how he closes out the story says, then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the son of man returns, how many will he find on the earth who still have faith? Jesus says right there, he's going to say, answer your prayers every single time. Uh, He's going to do it in his timing. He's got a plan. He loves you. And he closes it out with, with a real intense verse. He says, I wonder that when God comes back, will he find people on earth that still have great faith in him? And Jesus equates that great faith with, let me tell you what it means to have great faith in God, to continue to pray even when you don't get the answer that you want. Why? Because when you pray, despite getting a no a thousand times, and you get up that next day and you pray it again, you're communicating to God, I trust you. God, the timing must not be right yet. And so I'm going to ask again today and trust that if the answer is yes today, then today was the right time. Thank you. Or God, maybe I need to grow up some, so God, tell me the areas that I need to take a next step. Tell me the areas where I need to grow. Maybe you're just testing me to see what my priorities are and if my heart is really into this. And if it's a test, God, then guess what? Today I'm gonna pray it again and I'm gonna believe again and I'm gonna bring it to you again because I know you're a just God and a loving father and you ultimately, you love your kids and you have a plan for our life. Every time we're persistent, we're telling God, I trust your plan. God, I trust your timing. God, align my life with your priorities. And I know the answer will be yes. So would you pray? Would you pray again? Let's do this. Let's pray together right now. And I want to ask you a favor. Would you be willing to pray a prayer that you gave up on? Something maybe that you asked God for a long time ago and for some reason the door stayed closed. Would you do an exercise of faith this morning and say, God, I'm going to pray that prayer again because I want you to know I trust you. I trust you. I trust your timing. I trust your hand. I trust your judgment. I trust that whatever you're doing in my life, you're orchestrating all of these things together for the good of those that love and follow you. And so, God, I'm going to bow my head right now and pray that prayer again. Come on, let's do it together. What what is it? What's that prayer? It might might feel like you're opening up an old wound because you've asked so many times and you're just like, nah, I I don't want to go through that again. I I don't want all that pain, all that heartache, all that trouble to to come back up to the surface. And, And God says, would you just ask me again? Would you just believe and trust me enough 
that you would be like the persistent widow? Would you know that you, you're praying to a God that loves you, that is just, that has a plan for your life, that has perfect timing, that has all of the priorities lined up? And, and would you just pray it one more time? God, would you hear the prayers voiced right now from your people? Prayers that maybe have been voiced a thousand times, including yesterday, and prayers that were just voiced again for the first time in a long time. And God, as, as we hear one of the four answers that you will give us when we call out to you, God, would you increase our faith? Would you help us to trust in your timing? Would you, would you make it clear to us, give the wisdom and the discernment to us to know that you have a plan and that it is better than ours and that you're rearranging the priorities of our minds and in our hearts and in our souls to get in line with you? And would you help us that no matter what the answer is to trust you and to continue to see you. God, give us the, the boldness to continue to pray those prayers day after day after day again, not because of the persistence of the widow, but because of the goodness of the Father that hears the prayers of his people in his perfect time, in his perfect way, says yes. God, help us to be persistent in that every day as we grow closer to you. Pray and ask those things in your son Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.